Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of John. Today is episode 169. We're looking at John chapter 17, verses 1 through 5. This is the beginning of Jesus' prayer. We call it the high priestly prayer. Some call it the magisterial prayer. Some call it a prayer of consecration. But this is the the big prayer of Jesus, and it is the whole chapter 17 of the Gospel of John. We're going to break it up into three pieces. The verses 1 through 5 are his prayer about his own glorification. Then the next section will be about his disciples. Then the last section will be about those who will follow the disciples. So let's read the passage, John 17, verses 1 through 5. Jesus spoke these things, looked up to heaven, and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that the Son may glorify you, since you gave him authority over all people, so that he may give eternal life to everyone you have given him. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. I have glorified you on the earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had, with you before the world existed. Well, this is the beginning of Jesus's high priestly prayer, the, the entirety of chapter 17. So he says, Jesus spoke these things. And notice that the last thing he said prior to this prayer is, I have conquered the world, or some translations say, I have overcome the world. So that was his uh, immediately preceding comment about his victory over the world. So this prayer is not a gloomy prayer of hopelessness, of all these bad things are about to befall me, but it's a prayer of the completion of the mission that God has given him, his obedience to the Father in bringing about eternal life for those who will believe. So this is a prayer of victory, a prayer of the glory of God. So, says Jesus spoke these things, looked up to heaven and said. So, looking up to heaven, that's a normal posture of prayer for this society. You you stand and you you look up because you're speaking to the Father. And he says, Father, the hour has come. Now, he's been saying, the hour's not yet come, the hour's not yet come. Then he started saying, Basically, we, we lose sense of time because we're in chapter uh, 17, but back you know, in chapter 12 or so, he started saying that the hour has come. But that's only been a couple of days. So the hour has come. And he refers to the Father as Father. So he's speaking to him, so he calls him Father. When he speaks about him to others, he calls him the Father. Six times he addresses Father. So, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so the Son may glorify you. Now, glory is, it's all about God. It is the attitude toward God, uh, giving him his due. It is um, showing the proper respect to God. It is, uh, God's glory is basically the, the revealing of who he is, the celebrating of who he is. And nothing is greater than the glory of God. Now, he's praying that you would glorify the Son. But 
in that the Son may glorify you. The glory of the Son and the Father, they're, they're interconnected. They're, they're, they're one. You, you can't glorify one without glorifying the other. Just as you can't know one without knowing the other. So he says, glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you. Then verse 2, since you gave him authority over all people, so that he may give eternal life to everyone you have given him. So the Father has given authority over all the people of the world, and that authority is to give eternal life. Now, not everybody gets eternal life. Who gets eternal life? Well, here he specifically says those that get eternal life are those whom the Father has given. You know, throughout the, the Gospel of John, and we saw this a lot in the, John's letters, is the idea of God electing who will be saved, who will believe, who will receive eternal life. And this is the whole idea of predestination. A lot of people are uncomfortable with that idea of, of predestination because it seems unfair that God's randomly chosen people. It's, it's part of the mystery and part of the tension. But it, those who are given to him by the Father are those who believe. So is uh, their belief the reason God has predestined them or is belief because they've been predestined? Well, it is. It is that. So don't try to uh, analyze it too far. It is a mystery. But the, the bottom line is we, we do have free will and we exercise that free will. But we also do that under the authority and control of God. So it's both these things. But God has given to the Son, God the Father has given to the Son, those who will receive eternal life. Well, now in verse 3, he defines eternal life. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God. So eternal life is equivalent to knowing God. To know God is to have eternal life. To have eternal life comes from knowing God. But it's more than that. He says, and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. So just as we've said, you can't know the Father without knowing the Son. You can't know the Son without knowing the Father. And eternal life is wrapped up in knowing the Son and knowing the Father. Now this is a knowing about the Father and the Son. This is knowing them. That is, having a relationship. It begins with knowing about the Father, knowing about the Son, but that leads then to believing in the Son. And then that becomes knowing the Father and the Son. And that is the equivalent of eternal life. Having a relationship. To know the Father is to know the Son, is to have eternal life. In verse 4, he says, I have glorified you on the earth by completing the work you gave me to do. So Jesus is saying that he has, he's done what God has called him to do. He's completed the mission. Now he's completing the mission. He still has to die on the cross as if that was something small. Uh, he, he's still, that's yet to be done. But he is completing the ministry that the Father has given him. And that brings glory to the Father to do that which we've been called to do. And then verse 5, he says, Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with that glory I had with you before the world existed. So his, his prayer is that he would receive that glory that he has enjoyed with the Father in a pre-existent form. So pre-incarnational, before 
He came to earth as a child. He existed for eternity before that as God the Son. And he had a glory with the Father then. And his prayer is to return to that glory. So he has come from the glory in heaven. He came to earth. He has done what he's been called to do, which brings glory to the Father and also glory to the Son. And now he's returning to that glory again in heaven with the Father. Now, interesting that he's referring to this all in terms of glory. He's about to die on a cross. A cross is a, an instrument of torture, an instrument of public humiliation invented by the Romans for the very purpose of keeping people under their thumb. It's the most horrible death they could devise, the most humiliating death they could devise, all with the purpose of being a, a statement of the power of the Roman government and with the implied threat of, if you step out of line, this could happen to you. And so it was a very effective threat, because who wants to go through that? So it's a very public, very humiliating, very painful, uh, very terrible way to die. Shameful to die on a cross by the world standards. Yet, the way Jesus is referring to it here, this is glory. This is his glory. This is glory for the Father. Why? Because this is the way by which people will receive eternal life. Because Jesus is going to pay the penalty of sin as he takes that death penalty on himself that we deserve when he dies on the cross. And through what he does, he defeats death, he defeats Satan's, he defeats the enemies of God, and this brings glory to God. So while, by the world standards, it's a very shameful, terrible thing, but this is accomplishing God's plan, and there's glory in that. Glory for the Father, glory for the Son, good news for us. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of John.